Hello, hello. Hello and hallelujah. I know this is going to shock you, but I am so excited about the word today. <laughs> Let's see what we got here. March 27, Proverbs 27. Okay. I am dealing with a little sicky. And I need to get healthy quick because I got stuff I want to do. So, this is... This is so much coolness here. I'll tell you, I'll try to say this as fast as possible because I really don't want to spend my time on this aspect, but um, verses 15 and 16 says a continual dropping and a very rainy day and a contentious woman are alike. Now, you know, this, this can be a very frustrating verse for women. <laughs> And then it further goes on to say in verse 16, Whosoever hideth her, hideth the wind, and the ointment of his right hand, which bereath itself. Now, I've always translated this verse to mean whoever hides the wind, whoever hides her, it's like hiding the wind. Like, okay, I'm, 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 I'm trying to get the wind and hide the wind. How do I hide the wind? And the ointment of his right hand, I've, I've always translated that to be exactly, this, this is the words from my um, English Standard Version rather than the King James Version because sometimes you need those newer languages, you know, for our modern English. So this contentious woman, whoever hides her, hides the wind and the ointment of his right hand, um, the other versions say, um, Whoever hides her, it's like hiding the wind or grasping oil in one's right hand. In other words, you know, like you try to hold oil and it's just going to slip out. And so that's how I've always thought of these two verses. And I, I, I read this chapter three times today, or I heard it the first time through, and then I read it the second time through and Reading it on my third time through is when I start really kind of breaking down what what sticks out to me. And I would have just read through this like I have for my whole life, except this word bereath. And um, I, I don't know this. This is an old English word that I do not know. I know the word berate. Like, you know, if you berate somebody, but... I did, I don't know the word bereath and this is, this is not bereath. Uh, I mean like berate, that's not what it is. So because this word was weird, instead of just reading through it, like I have always, always, always done. And I've always assumed that this is just, uh, you know, a, a frustrating couple of verses about how difficult men see women. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I'm just telling you right now, please show this information to your sons, to your husband, to the men in your life. Please convey this information because this is so, so powerful. I had no idea what this means. So again, 
because I'm looking up the word Boreath. Oh, I forgot to even write it down, but it means to call. That's what Boreath means, to call or make loud, okay, to get attention. Oh, I forgot to write it down. It's okay. I, rem I remembered it right now, but anyway. So, <laughs> it's, this is this just so powerful and so sweet, and it, it speaks to the, the wisdom a man needs, the wisdom a man needs. So, first of all, you know, to look at the word contention, a contentious woman, you see the word strife and quarrelsome. But think about, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about verse 16, and then I'm going to help us see the other side of what a contentious woman looks like. The other side of what at first seems contentious, but when you understand this verse, then it, it highlights this word right here. This is so cool. This word hideth, whoever hideth her, hideth the wind. Y'all, I just want to cry right now because this is so sweet. Also, I'm a little bit sick, so I'm more s s tender than usual. <laughs> but this word hideth, the Hebrew word is sepan. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. Sepan, sepan, but this is how it's spelled. And it means treasure or store up. Not hideth like I'm embarrassed of you. It means the way something that is special is treasured or store up. And since we're talking about wind, in what instance would you store up wind? Well, I think of a sailboat. And if a person stores up wind in a sailboat, that's, that wind is suddenly not destructive. It conveys that boat from point A to point B. Oh, Y'all, I love this so much. And now... Let's go on and look at this. Again, because I had to look up this old English word, Boreath, if I didn't have to look that up, this, this rest of this, oh my word, the ointment of his right hand. So anytime scripture points out a specific hand, there's a, it's symbolic. And a right hand is always symbolic of authority. So as the husband with, as the head of the wife, this is his authority. And ointment is specifically, um, the, the Hebrew word is shemen or shemen, and it is fat or oil, fat as in like lard, something you would cook with. But, but particularly because we're talking about um, Israel, we're talking about olive oil, but it's not just oil. It's specifically ointment. And that word is very particular and important also, because now we're talking about as a, medic a, a medicament or as medicine or 
Another word for medicine is this word, which I did not know. I had to look it up. Um, I think it's unguent. The, the, the uh, dictionary I was using did not have a, a pronunciation on it. So I'm, I'm guessing how you pronounce that because that's not in my regular vocabulary. But I believe it's unguent. could be unguent, but I think it's unguent. And it means a soothing preparation on wounds. Y'all, this is so amazing. So now let's look at this more clearly. So the husband is calling and he's got healing for her. Because if she is contentious, there's something going on in her life. If a woman is contentious, there is something wrong. I I can think of all kinds of things off the top of my head as a woman that I could say is going wrong. Maybe she's contentious because she's needing stuff done around the house. So maybe she's being annoying or or causing strife because she's trying to get stuff done. She needs help getting stuff done. Or maybe she's insecure and she's in her insecurity because she doesn't feel pretty. She's very nervous about females on your job or, and I'm saying your, cause I'm, I'm hoping some men hear this one day. So if she's a contentious woman, then it is within the hand of the husband to help her, to heal her. It is within the hand of the husband to, to, Harness the wind and figure out how to move her from point A to point B. Oh, these verses that have just been a little, you know, I've kind of laughed at them. Some Sometimes I've learned from them, but, you know, it, it it's, you know, it's akin to that verse that we read in our last devotion talking about how a a man would rather dwell in the corner of a housetop than when than with a contentious woman or with a I can't remember what word it used but this is such a a deeper insight and particularly for a husband if she's contentious you have it within your power to harness the wind and to let healing virtue come from your place of authority in her life. Oh, my word, I love that so much. Okay, Uh, I'm going to just briefly say verses 23 through 27 have to do with taking care of your stuff. Take care of what you already have. Build your wealth, but don't just spend your time trying to get uh, fast money. This right here is talking about know the state of your flocks, look well to your herds, Hay appears, know, know about what you already have. You, you've got 
a tender grass, and then you've got herbs of the mountain, and then you've got hay. Look at stuff you've already got and figure out how to take care of it so that it takes care of you. Lambs are for your clothing. Goats are, are the price of your field. Know how what you already have takes care of you. And so take care of it because it takes care of you. You've got goat's milk for your food, for the food of your household, for the maintenance of your maidens. Okay, so take care of your stuff because your stuff is taking care of you. And if your stuff is not taking care of you, purge your house, get rid of it. Let your have stuff that takes care of you. All right, now I'm going to talk about friendship, what real friendship looks like. Ointment and perfume rejoice the heart. So doth the sweetness of a man's friend by hearty counsel. A, a, a friend is a person whose counsel you can trust. Not because they agree with you. If, they're, if, if your friends do nothing but agree with you and the minute they don't agree with you, you turn your back on them, then, then that's not a true healthy friendship going on, okay? So a, a friend has hearty counsel and the way ointment and perfume rejoice the heart, ointment, we talked about ointment here. Where was it at? Right here when we were talking about how the husband has ointment, which is a medicine or a soothing preparation on wounds. And that same way that there's this, this healing and, and perfume that smells good and it makes your heart feel good. In that same way that getting dressed up nice and, and smelling nice and looking good makes your heart feel good, makes you feel good about yourself, so does the sweetness of a friend, a friend's counsel. And then your, your friend and your father's friend forsake not. You know, your father's friend might not be your BFF. They're going to be older than you. They're going to be from a different generation. But don't not be friendly toward them just because they're not in your age range. Your own friend and your father's friend forsake not. And here's why. Because it's, it's likely that, that your friend and your father's friend, these people are right here within your community. You're going to school with them, that your, your father grew up with them, um, that they, they, they took care of each other. And so you can trust them because you saw them go through those years with your parents. And so your own friend and your father's friend forsake not, for better is a neighbor that is near than a brother that's far off. So what, what tends to happen is a sibling tends, tends to, to move away and go start building their own life. And so when calamity comes, in the, in the day of calamity, you, you don't need to go find your, your sibling whenever your community, and, and this is what a church provides. Your friend, your father's friend, this is what a church looks like. Multiple generations of friendship are in the same church. You live near each other. This is what I love about my church. Souls Harbor just promotes staying here, 
generation after generation. We don't do a lot of town hopping around here. We don't go from state to state and and you know when we when our kids go to college, we do our best to encourage our kids to go to college here. Stay close. Why? Because this is wisdom. Proverbs talks about this wisdom. It's better for a neighbor that is near than to have a brother that is far off when calamity comes. So you know a good friend because they're sticking around generation after generation. They're not, they're not hightailing it every time they get bored or something goes wrong and they're up and moving. No, no, that's not, that's no, just no. <laughs> I know that's not how this American culture does things, but this is how I do things. So, uh, a real deep friendship looks like hearty counsel and it looks like generation after generation. It looks like they're close by. Um, <laughs> he that blesses his, blesseth his friend with a loud voice rising early in the morning, it shall be counted a curse to him. So a good friend knows, you know, like my friend likes for me to keep it down. <laughs> I love that a lot. True friendship looks like iron sharpening iron. So a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. I, I love that this says countenance. A countenance is what your face looks like. And um, uh, iron sharpening iron makes, when, when you have iron that sharpens iron, it looks good. It looks fresh. Uh, the old uh, dull iron has been shaven off and it looks fresh because the new iron is on display. Iron sharpens iron, and that's how a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. And there's so much I could just dwell on on this. You know, sparks fly when iron sharpens iron. And so friend in friendship, sometimes sparks fly, and, and that's okay. So look at another verse here. Faithful are the wounds of a friend but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. So just because somebody makes you feel good all the time, they're kissing up to you all the time, that does not make them faithful friends. Sometimes the best friends do cause wounds. And you need to be careful that you're not in an abusive relationship. But if these other needs are being met, if if um, the, the counsel is is good if it's faithful if if you're not forsaking each other if you're staying close if you're taking care of the things the way neighbors take care of things if if you're understanding oh my friend doesn't like a loud voice and and they're taking care of your needs like this well then then you can trust those wounds when they tell you stop doing that you need to stop behaving that way. Those are wounds you can trust. Though when they say quit quit sinning, quit behaving that way, quit quit change that attitude when they hurt your feelings, but all of those other things are in line with faithfulness, then you can trust that the wounds of this friend are faithful. That's not abusive. That's not abusive. The kisses of an enemy are deceitful. They'll be kissing you on, on one hand and talking behind your back on another. Speaking of talking, if somebody's gossiping to you about somebody else, believe me, 
They are leaving you and they are gossiping about you to somebody else. Believe me. If, if, if you are in a friendship and what holds you together is, is gossiping and tearing other people down and, and the drama of other people's lives, trust me, that, those, that is kisses of an enemy. And they will, they will go gossip about you to somebody else. They will. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Let me, while we're talking about this, there is a difference in being a friend to somebody and being a friend of somebody. So not just because humans are in your life and, and, and also just because you love them does not mean they can be your friend. That it just because they are in your scope of of life, they are in your world, they are in your universe, in your universe. That does not mean you can trust them as a friend to you. You can be a friend to them. You can love them. You can do a favor for them. You can uh, laugh with them. You can be a friend to them. But if they are not sharing your purpose, then, then they cannot be a friend to you. That is not the person that you pour your heart out to. You cannot trust humans just because they are close, just because you like them. You cannot just automatically start bearing your soul to people. You've got to make sure you can trust that they're not gossips. You've got to make sure that you can trust that when you've got a little thing like, uh, uh, please, please don't, where's that other marking at? Verse 14, when you say, look, could, please, please don't talk to me loud in the morning. Please don't. They, they need to respect that. If you are not a morning person, and, and you have said, oh, please, please don't flip on the lights. Don't talk to me till I've had my coffee. Look, please don't. When you give them something small like that to observe, and they don't even observe that. When you give them things that they need to observe and they do not observe that, you can't trust them with your soul. If you can, if they don't show you that they can be trusted with something small, you cannot trust them with something big like your marriage, marriage advice, what to do with your kids, uh, where to go to church. Um, uh, you, you, oh my word, the, the things that through my life I have seen people detach from real friends. And start accepting the kisses of an enemy just because they, they want someone to agree with them. I want, I want to leave this church. I want to move. I want to, uh, not listen to, to, um, I, I want to live outside the confines of marriage. I want to be with the person who excites my chemistry. I don't care if it is adultery. I want to. You will accept the kisses of an enemy. Rather than the wounds of a friend. Oh my word. You cannot let everyone speak into your life. Jesus did the same thing. Jesus said, you are my friends. 
if you do whatsoever I command you to do. Now, when Jesus says it, and he says, if you do whatsoever I command you to do, well, we know that when Jesus says something, that that involves our eternity. That involves heaven and hell issues. But that same principle applies because you are my friends if you can observe the fact that I am not a morning person. If, if you can observe that I find it disrespectful if you walk around my house with shoes on. By the way, that's not my particular rule. Uh, you, everybody wears shoes in my house. I'm just pulling something that I've seen other people ask of friends. When you come into my house, please take off your shoes. If a person has been told that information and they're like, oh, no, no. No, my shoes do not come off my feet. No, it's just gross. If they can't handle small things, they cannot be trusted with big things. And when that's how it applies to us, even though uh, we're not Jesus, and when we say you're my friends, if you do whatsoever I command you to do, here, here's why it's important that you find true trust in friendships. Because look at verse eight right here. As a bird that wandereth from her nest, so is a man that wandereth from his place. See, the reason a bird has a nest, birds are not like humans. Like we, we have a house where we build a roof on it and we intend to be in this house whether we are birthing children or not. The house, the, the house is where we lock ourselves in and protect ourselves from the outside world. But a bird, the only reason a bird has a nest that wandering from it is vital or not vital is if it has eggs in it. When, 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 when the nest has fulfilled its purpose, birds leave it. When, when birds build a nest. They build a nest for the purpose of eggs. They have their eggs in it. They hatch those eggs. They, they raise up their, their little, their little chicks or whatever they call their little baby birds. And when the baby birds leave the nest and then, then the, the other birds leave. But if during the purpose of the nest, a bird wanders from it, then the enemy is going to come and eat her eggs. And as a bird wanders from its place of purpose, in the same way is a man that wanders from his place. This word place is not talking about your house. It means your standing place or your office the office of authority that you hold as mother or as father or as um, a, a head of a department or as a manager or your office or your post. A post implies like a, a, a guard. Um, you're, you're, you're a watchman on a wall, something you're protecting as a bird wanders from her nest, so is a man that wanders from his place. In other words, your purpose. You've got purpose that you are needing to fulfill. And when you leave it, then you're going to find what you left 
you're going to leave your post what you're supposed to be guarding. And in the same way that prey will come and eat the eggs that are in the nest. And this bird is the one at a loss. You will be the one at a loss as well. And, and this is how friendships tie together. You have got to know your purpose in life. Jesus knew his purpose in life. And because he came to seek and to save that which was lost, even though he came for every single human, Jesus died on the cross for every Pharisee, for every Sadducee, for every hypocrite, for every Roman, everyone that yelled crucify. Jesus came to die for them. And yet when it came to how he spent his time, he disconnected himself from those people who were not willing to listen and get in line with his purpose. And so you must, as an individual, know your purpose. Know your purpose. And then your friends, the people you are either the people you are actually sharing your soul with have got to be honoring and in line with your purpose. They have got to be. And if they are not, that doesn't mean they are your enemy. It just means you recognize you are a friend to them. But, but they're not your friend. They are not someone you can share your heart with because they don't even know your heart. And Jesus said, you're my friends if you do whatever I command you to do. When, when you have purpose, you are operating in a place of authority. When you recognize your calling and your purpose and you are walking in it, you don't suddenly hate the people that are not walking with you in your purpose, but you understand you can't leave your purpose. You can't. They are welcome to join you in your purpose and it's lovely when they happen to have the same purpose as well. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. If you happen to not know what your purpose is, that's okay. Follow me as I follow Christ. But I am not able. I would be rejecting my nest. I would be leaving my post. If I started spending my time and energy chasing you and chasing all that, that you're off in the world trying to do, trying to fulfill yourself, and you're, I can't. I want to love you. I want to be friends with you. I want us to share time, but I have a place and I cannot be dwelling in drama and dwelling in the kisses <laughs> and the gossips and the, the frills of this world because I have a place. I have a place and I cannot wander from it. <sighs> Y'all, as a soul winner, this is such a hard, 
It's hard to stand in your place. My heart literally, I am just holding back tears right now. It's hard to stand in your place when you are a soul winner. Because you're working so hard to woo people. And to woo people, you are a people pleaser. But there comes a point when when Jesus was a friend to sinners. But when it came to who he spent his days and nights with, he, he said, follow me. other people have a place to lay their head. The son of man does not have a place to lay his head. And if we are actually going to be friends together, you're going to have to do the hard stuff that I do with me. You got to do the hard stuff that I do with me. That's what Jesus said to Peter and, 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 and Matthew. And that's what he said to all of them. And so you come to a place Where you say, look, I will be your friend for life. I will be your friend for life, but I can't leave my place. I'm not rejecting you. I don't not love you anymore, but I have a place. You're welcome to come with me. You're welcome to walk this path with me. You're welcome to stand guard with me. But I can't leave my place. I cannot wander from my place. There's so much good in this chapter today, of course, but of course, I didn't even get to my special notes. All right, I'm going to go. I love you guys. Thank you for joining me. Share this with a, with a son or a husband, that first part, and then recognize what your place is, what your purpose is, and, and recognize how to be a friend to someone without falling in the trap of thinking you need to leave your post No, I love you. God bless. Bye.